0: This is the Troll Troll Patrol, live, with Justin
1: Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol, live, it's a freaking Tuesday. It's a Tuesday which kinda feels like a Monday, cause Monday didn't really feel like a Monday. Cause the Monday was a holiday, maybe not for Warlord, Texas is not independent yet. They have, they keep threatening to secede. It ain't gonna happen. They ain't leaving. Let them. Let them lose all that tax revenue. Let them lose the infrastructure. I mean, hey, they think they think they can survive on their own. What are we talking about tonight? Are we talking about... It? We're gonna talk about fucking Texas tonight. Fuck, maybe Sp- maybe Sparkles is, was right. Like, I might have saw a ghost over there. Fucked up shit is happening, guys. Fucked up shit is happening. <laughs> See? <laughs> Something something was up. It could have been a big bug though. I've seen some big bugs today. I don't want to turn my camera around cuz like I opened my mail and shit. There's just a bunch of there's just a bunch of letters laying on <laughs> on the table over there. I no ghost. I don't see I'm all discombobulated I't I don't even think I've got any pot in this god damn it nothing's going nothing is coming up millhouse I uh, I started doing that when I was playing video games with my friend if I was if I was on a roll I'd be like everything's coming up millhouse Get my ass kicked! I'm like, no, nothing's coming up Millhouse anymore. Go see. I thought I saw it. There was something going on there. Maybe it was a banshee. No, my luck. I got some kind of banshee, succubus, or some kind of Mavis. Are you leaving us? What? Good night. Why? Twi- you just got here. I just got here. The show just came on. Oh, I'm back on Facebook, guys. In case you didn't notice, don't leave us. Stick around. We're just getting going. I haven't even—I haven't even talked about what we're going to talk about on this here show tonight. Uh, I think I've got—I've—I've I've got some video of a cop being an asshole. Oh, I did mention we we're going to talk about the Uvalde cops. The, uh, um hearings in the texas state senate for earlier today we're gonna talk about freedom we're gonna talk about freedom apparently texas wants some freedom from the u.s i don't i don't have my nose What's, what's going on oh bill cosby unfortunately while he's free he is going to have to pay some money. He was found guilty in a civil suit of raping a sixteen year old uh I think it said woman in the headline, but it's a child. We've I've had this I've had this conversation. Some of you some of you that support Prince Pito not naming any names. had to be like, sixteen is an adult. No, no. Sixteen is a child. I'm just, nothing is working out for me. I don't know if I pulled my screen out. Oh, there it goes. There, we popped it out. We've not gotten a SCOTUS decision on abortion, but we did get a SCOTUS decision about the state. What what state was it? I don't even remember now, Warlord. Was it Maryland? Maine! Maine! It was Maine, I believe it was. Maine is now going to have to, and nationwide, by default, because it was the Supreme Court, provide, uh, when they provide vouchers, they can't discriminate against religious schools. That's the way they put it. I put it that, uh, they're wanting to funnel public money into private hands and into these religious fucking institutions. It's a scam, and we we shouldn't stand for it. A 6-3 decision. All three of the quote-unquote liberal justices dissented. I've got an update on the escaped inmates in Virginia. I think, did we talk about them last night or not before last? One is still on the loose. Three gave themselves up. I don't know what's up with that. I mean for the day, what I thought bussing meant until three days ago. Picture of a waiter bussing a table. I uh I still don't know what bussing means. So something about caps. I'm way behind on the meme culture. I've been busy. I've been so busy. I probably shouldn't even be doing a a stream tonight, but here we are. And I should probably make it short, and I say I'm going to make it short, but there's like fucking three pages of notes. I said I was going to try to go short last night. I had four pages of notes. We went three hours. Got all kinds of shit to talk about. Like a sunspot. A sunspot that doubled overnight... Scientists are saying no reason to be concerned, but it could indeed send a solar flare towards Earth. Perhaps ending all humanity. Oh shit. Yeah, I've got I got a wild video out of Florida because of course oh shit. I'm sorry to punch the microphone there. Punching the microphone. That's how you get that's how you get the wood. You punch the microphone. Uh, a Florida cop threatens a man straight up, for the jobs the sunspot will create. <laughs> oh God, we're gonna hear from a Texas state senator about the just sheer incompetence of the cops and Uvalde. Oh my God, it, it would th- one of the one of the teachers was married to a cop, and uh, apparently they disciplined that fucking cop. For trying to help his wife, holy shit! They took his gun away from him. We're gonna get caught up on the January six hearings once again. I've been so fucking busy. I, I I said I make no promises about carrying them. I did not get around to carrying them. I did watch some of them myself. We're going to talk about uh, how Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson, tried to deliver fake electors to Mike Pence. We're going to see the the actual text messages between the two of them, or uh, two of their aides. Meadows wanted to bribe officials in Georgia, apparently. We're going to hear from one of the Georgia election workers. Apparently, she was the star witness, and it made everybody fucking cry. I did not see her testimony. We're going to hear from the Arizona uh, assembly speaker who I've, I've already seen right wingers say is a traitor to the country and shit. People are fucking nuts. I've got bad news uh, from the Texas race in the Texas congressional race. We've been watching for a few weeks now uh, is, is not good. It's not good. I'm sorry. We'll get to election news soon enough. This is this is Tuesday. It is a primary day in a couple of states. There's a runoff in Alabama. Alabama race is probably the biggest one to watch because it's the Senate race, and probably whoever wins the runoff election is going to win the Senate seat in Alabama. I haven't even heard of the Democrats fielding an opponent. Maybe they ran somebody unopposed. I don't know. Apparently experts say a gas tax holiday, which Biden is still mulling over, would have little impact on prices. Oh, the markets have bounced back. I got, I got, I got good news for you if you've got investments. The markets have bounced back, guys. Markets have bounced back. There's a train strike going on in the UK, so please, warlords, stick around. We might we might need your input. Let us know what is what is going on on the ground across the pond, as they like to say. But I guess we're gonna start off tonight with the uh, changing of the graphics. From pride to election coverage. <laughs> oh fuck! Oh the oh the the Matt Walsh, Justin Freakin, the formidable voice in the culture. <laughs> also, um, the CEO of the Daily Wire, Jeremy Boring tweeted out one of my videos and said, I love the internet, which I also take as an endorsement. Because <laughs> I, I was making fun of him in that one. That was the Jeremy's Razors ad. I take it. I take it. The Daily Wire seems to like me. And I even mentioned that when I applied for a job with the Daily Wire. If, oh, yeah. If, in case you guys didn't know that, I think I saved it over here. <laughs> oh, I even put it. <laughs> Sweet baby Matt Walsh called me a formidable voice in the culture. CEO Jeremy Boring retweeted my video about his razors, saying, God, I love the internet. <laughs> I even had the receipts to back it up. <laughs> This is where I was listing my experience for a job at the Daily Wire as a video editor. Thank you for your application to Daily Wire. We appreciate the opportunity to review your application for the assistant video editor social media role. Unfortunately, we have decided not to move your application forward. (laughs) I don't know why. I, I don't know why, Matt. Matt called me a formidable voice in the culture. Justin freaking the formidable voice in the culture. Your CEO has retweeted me. I applied again, by the way, I applied again. Not high enough for this shit. Oh, and this is where the name troll patrol comes from. This is the trolling that I do. Would I really go to work for the daily wire? I I might, I might, but they're not paying that much. To be honest with you for all that money, they got sloshed around over there. 22 to $25 an hour was the salary range. That's, that's not too impressive for Nashville Tennessee you can't afford to live in Nashville Tennessee for that kind of money warlord says yes I mean I might I might let's talk about elections it is an election day don't let me forget to change the graphics back to the pride flag when we're done talking about this shit god damn it warlord I'm working on it. Six things to watch in Tuesday's elections in Alabama, Virginia, Georgia, and the District of Columbia. Alabamians voting in Tuesday's runoff for the Republican Senate nomination will decide between the establishment candidate former President Donald Trump has endorsed in Katie Britt, and the conservative who has long embraced Trump's brand of politics even though he is now at odds with the former president, U.S. Representative Mo Brooks. Alabama is one of several states across the South to hold elections Tuesday. Primaries in Virginia and runoff elections in Georgia will determine the general election matchup for a handful of the nation's most competitive congressional races in November's midterm elections. Democrats in Washington, D.C. will decide whether to nominate the city mayor for a third term. Here are six things to watch in Tuesday's election. Tuesday's primary runoff for the GOP nod to secede, uh, to secede retiring Senator Richard Shelby in Alabama will be another test of Trump's ability to steer open-seat GOP Senate primaries after his preferred candidates won in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina. And in Pennsylvania, he's probably going to lose. Ritt, a former chief of staff to Richard Shelby, who went on to lead the Business Council of Alabama, And Brooks, a six-term congressman, a member of the hardline House Freedom Caucus, finished in the top two of the state's May primary to advance to the runoff, with Britt taking 45% to Brooks' 29%. I mean, if you're going to be... The Republicans in Alabama are saying that Britt is a closeted Democrat, so if you're going to have one of them win, I guess Katie Britt is the one that you would want to win. Is that saying much? Oh, I was trying to hit the smoky thing. Yeah. What's up, smokes! You gonna you gonna lay in my lap? Lay down, buddy. Oh, dude, don't do this shit. Oh, don't do this shit. Where you come over here and lay on my arm? Republicans pick candidates in key Virginia congressional races. Republican Glenn Youngkin's victory in Virginia's governor race last year offered an early glimpse into just how much the political tide had turned against Democrats heading into the midterm elections. This year, the GOP is attempting to build on its gains in three races for Democratic-held House seats. Representative Elaine Luria, Virginia-based 2nd District, as well as Rep. Abigail Spanberger's 7th District, and Representative Jennifer Wexton's 10th District. State GOP allows Republican officials in each congressional district to decide how to choose their nominees. The 2nd and the 7th Districts will hold primaries today, while the 10th District GOP chose retired Navy Captain Hung Kao as its nominee in a ranked-choice vote. Firehouse primary in May. Smokey, what the fuck is wrong with you? A firehouse primary, remember I'm the fucking fire chief. I did not vote. I did not vote. No reason for me to walk three miles to go vote in an election where both candidates are equally undesirable. Don't cancel Justin. A perfectly legitimate reason. I looked at the slate. I I will vote in the general. I looked at the slate. There are there was no Democratic primaries for me to vote in. And I saw no benefit in voting for because today today is not our primary election. Our primary election was a couple of weeks ago. Today's just a runoff for the Senate race. And I explained this. I explained this when it was going on, but you're you're not American, so understandable. You don't understand how our elections work. I could have we have an open primary, so I could have indeed went and uh I could have went and gotten a uh slate for the Republicans, but I looked at the, I looked at the lineup and I'm like, there's no strategic votes I could make, right? There's, there's no, there's nothing here that I can affect. You see what I'm saying? It was voting the Republican primary and like, I guess I would vote for Katie Britt if I was going to vote. But... Because I would rather Mo Brooks not be the senator. However... I mean, Katie Katie Britt is backed by the... This truly was a turd sandwich reduced kind of election, right? Like, fucking... And once again, I don't have a car, so I would have had to walk three miles. So would you would you have wanted me to walk three miles? Which I do, which I do when it is my time to vote. I absolutely do walk three fucking miles. But I just I just weighed that with like, you know, is there some kind of disruption I can cause? No, there's not really. There's not a campaign I can get behind where like there's an insurgency against a fucking a right winger. Like each choice is worse than the last with the Republicans here. So what was I going to do? Um, it's a very pleasant walk for me. Like I'm, I'm saying it like, you know, it is indeed three miles, but it's a very pleasant walk on like, you know, like mountain fucking trails. It's very fucking nice. Through a residential area. So I'm not I'm not complaining too much about it. Like it's a very pleasant walk. I just I'm You can't be up a hill both ways. It's downhill going, but it is uphill all the way back, and it is a it is a bitch coming back. But I do's it. I do's my civic duty. Sparkles was going to take me, what, last year or something? But, uh, I wasn't awake then. I, was, uh, I just woke up later and walked down there. Trump tries again in Georgia runoffs. Trump's biggest failure in a Republican primary to date came in Georgia, where candidates he supported failed to oust Governor Brian Kemp and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger whom Trump had been targeting for more than a year. He gets another chance to gauge his influence on Georgia races on Tuesday in runoffs for two House seats. In the Atlanta area, 6th District Jake Evans, the Trump-endorsed former chairman of the State Ethics Commission, faces Marine veteran and emergency room doctor Rich McCormick who is making his second bid for Congress in the 10th District, which stretches east from Atlanta to the South Carolina border. The GOP runoff features Trump's pick, former Democratic state rep Vernon Jones. He's a real firecracker. (laughs) Against businessman Mike Collins, who is the son of the late U.S. rep Mac Collins and recently earned Kemp's endorsement. Jones originally ran for governor before switching to the House race with Trump's encouragement. Will the Stacey Abrams slate succeed in Georgia Democratic runoffs? An endorsement from Stacey Abrams is one of the most sought after in Democratic politics across the country, and especially in Georgia, where she'll square off in November with Kemp for a second time. Abrams has endorsed in three Democratic primary runoffs for statewide offices on Tuesday as she seeks to help shape the party's ticket this fall. State Rep. B. Nugent, the daughter of Vietnamese immigrants, is Abrams' pick for Secretary of State over former State Representative D. Dawkins Hagler, who is black and has said she believes support for Nugent uh, is the result of party leaders' efforts to diversify the Democratic ticket and appeal to more white voters in November. Dawkins Hagler has the support of three candidates who failed to make the runoff. The winner will take on Republican incumbent Brad Raffensperger and libertarian Ted Metz, a former gubernatorial candidate in November. I wonder if Trump is going to swoop in and get behind Metz. Uh, Abrams is also backing uh, Charlie Bailey in the uh, lieutenant governor's race. He's running against uh, uh, Kwanzaa Hall who served briefly as a U.S. congressman after winning a special election in 2020 to replace the late Rep. John Lewis. The nominee will face Republican state Senator Burt Jones, who has been endorsed by Donald Trump. Black Republican seeks to flip Democratic-held Georgia district. National Republicans have rallied around Jeremy Hunt. A 28 year old graduate of the U.S. Military Academy at West Point and a black candidate in Georgia's plurality black and rural 2nd District. In the race to take on longtime Democratic Rep Sanford Bishop, Hunt, who finished first in the May primary with 37% of the vote, faces Chris West, a 38 year old attorney and former Georgia Air National Guard officer who is white. West is supported by some of the Republicans they faced in the primary. He has cast Hunt, a Fox commentator who recently moved to Columbus while taking Yale Law School classes online, as an outsider to the district. Sounds like it. Bowser seeks third term as D.C. Mayor. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser faces three opponents in Tuesday's Democratic primary. D.C. Council members Robert White and Trayon White, and 2018 Mary Oral candidate James Butler. Bowser and Robert White are widely seen as the top contenders in the race. White has pledged to expand the district's government and guarantee a job to anyone who wants it. But with little public polling, it's not clear that D.C. residents are eager to deny Bowser's bid to become the first mayor to win three consecutive terms since Marion Barry in 1986. Barry served four non-consecutive terms in all. And I alluded to it earlier, I have some bad news from a race that went on a couple weeks ago in Texas. Representative Henry Cuellar will uh, be returning to Congress, beating back a challenge by Jessica Cicineros. Henry Cuellar defeated attorney Jessica Cicineros in a nationally watched race that pitted one of the House's most centrist Democrats against a squad-aligned progressive Cuellar's win is a blow to progressives who saw the South Texas District and its embattled congressmen as a prime opportunity to elevate one of their own at the expense of a moderate. Also, uh, blunt momentum they had coming off wins in Texas, Oregon, and Pennsylvania. I mean, still cause to celebrate because, my God, they came within a, a what would you, a pew pair It was close, Republican. That's why. That's why it's three fucking weeks later, two weeks later, whatever it is since the race happened that we are talking about it. Republicans see the district as a top pickup opportunity, but privately believe Cisneros's more left-leaning views uh, made her the ideal opponent to run against. Quayar narrowly edged out Cisneros in a free-for-all primary in April, but failed to crack the fifty percent threshold and needed to uh, needed to avoid a runoff. Contest was a stark battle between progressives and the Democratic establishment. So I'm sad that it is a, a an L in the column. Back to the rainbow. Moving on to the rest of the news. That's your election update. I'm sure we're going to talk about uh, the races more tomorrow. Not really one of those urgent nights where we need to keep checking back in with the results. We're going to give our props now to uh, workers across the pond. UK rail strike brings train network to a crawl. We stand with you. Tens of thousands of railway workers walked off the job in Britain on Tuesday, bringing the train network to a crawl in the country's busy- biggest transit strike for three decades, and a potential precursor to a summer of labor discontent. Welcome to the party! About 40,000 cleaners, uh, signalers, maintenance workers, and station staff held a 24-hour strike with two more planned for Thursday and Saturday, compounding the pain for commuters. Uh, London Underground subway services were also hit by a walkout on Tuesday. The dispute centers on pay, working conditions, and job security as Britain's railways struggle to adapt to travel and commuting habits changed perhaps forever by the coronavirus pandemic. With passenger numbers still not back to pre-pandemic levels, but the government-ending emergency support that kept the, role, uh, the railways afloat, train companies are seeking to cut costs and staffing. Sustained national strikes are uncommon in Britain these days, but unions have warned the country to brace for more as workers face the worst cost of living squeeze in more than a generation. Did Biden do that? Can someone can someone tell the right wingers that Biden also controls prices over in the UK? Lawyers in England and Wales have announced they will walk out. Starting next week, while unions representing teachers and postal workers both plan to consult their members about possible actions. Fuck yeah. I... Honey, I think it's time for a general strike around here. Maybe we need a rent strike. We need a general strike. Maybe we need to show them who's fucking boss. Major railway stations were largely deserted on Tuesday, with only about 20% of passenger trains scheduled to run. Services will resume on Wednesday, but lingering disruption means only about 60% of trains are due to operate. Talks between the Rail, Maritime, and Transport Union and employers are also due to resume on Wednesday, though the two sides appear far apart. You know, I didn't put it on my list, but let's, let's talk about it. I would, I would like to discuss the airlines here in the U.S. Which apparently over the weekend experienced uh, several cancellations. Since we're talking about transportation, this will... Butcher set story quite well. Perfect storm for airlines facing strong U.S. dollar and high oil prices. Global airlines are grappling with a double whammy from the rare combination of a strong U.S. dollar and high oil prices at a time when broad inflationary pressures and worker shortages are also placing pressure on the pandemic-hit industry recovery. The oil price and the U.S. dollar tip, uh, typically have an inverse relationship so that when one is high, the other is low, helping to even out the financial impact on airlines that operate in other currencies. That correlation, however, is broken down in recent months, with the war in Ukraine causing a spike in oil prices at a time when the United States is a net oil exporter and the U.S. dollar uh, receiving a boost from interest rates uh, rises designed to in, or temper inflation. Airlines gathering at the International Air uh, Transport Association annual meeting in Doha this week expressed concern about the oil price and U.S. dollar rising in tandem. This wasn't even the fucking story I wanted to talk about. They mentioned, they mentioned the shortages. That's what I really wanted to highlight. American Airlines will end service to four cities in September, citing a pilot shortage. As of September 7th, the airline will no longer serve uh, Islip, Ithaca in New York, Toledo in Ohio, Dubaki in Iowa. Is that how you say that? All four cities are currently served by American Airlines regional affiliates. Pilot shortage. Here we go. Here's the story I actually wanted to read. Southwest airline pilots line up in anger at poor staffing and long hours as airport chaos continues across the nation. With 200 flights canceled today after 14,000 over the weekend. Nearly 1,300 Southwest Airline pilots gathered outside of Dallas Love Field Airport on Tuesday to protest ongoing staff shortages as travel chaos continued on the first official day of summer, with more than 200 flights across the United States canceled. The Southwest Pilots Association called for better treatment of its pilots at the protest, which it called the largest display of unity in Southwest Airlines history. It described the demonstration in Dallas, Texas, as, uh, as informational picket in an effort to raise awareness of pilot fatigue, stress caused by an ongoing pilot shortage, which it says is to blame for massive delays and cancellations. Our pilots have had to address the fatigue issue with management publicly, which is something that we never want to do, but you know, uh, have been tired and have been trying to do everything they can, Captain Casey Murray President of the Southwest Pilot Association told NBC-DFW. He said the main problem is issues with scheduling pilots on connecting flights. We've seen our company not really address a lot of operational problems, Murray said, and this has been going on for several years. While we do need to hire pilots, the main problem really is the efficiency in the scheduling uh, and the efficiencies we've seen. Everything's fine. Everything's fine, guys. Everything's fucking fine. That's what investors are saying today as the markets bounce back. I don't think I need to translate Business Insider. Oh, I'm I'm reading Business Insider Mexico, apparently. Unaware, Dow Futures jump almost 500 points after a steep sell-off with a sympathy bounce for global stocks. U.S. stock futures climbed on Tuesday as global uh, equities rose, signaling a recovery after last week's brutal sell-off as investors' moods brightened somewhat. In the U.S., markets look set to start the week on a more positive note after being closed Monday for the Juneteenth holiday. Futures on the Dow Jones Industrial Average were up 491 points or 1.64% higher while the S&P 500 futures rose 1.81%. Those on the tech-heavy NASDAQ 100 added 1.84%. All three major U.S. indexes tumbled over 5% last week as investors grappled with fears the Federal Reserve's efforts to tamp down on soaring inflation could spark a recession after the central bank hiked interest rates by 75 basis points for the first time since 1994. You will notice I've been focusing a lot on financial stories here lately, cause I think something's coming. I'm not smart when it comes to economic shit, though, but I smell something a brewing. So I may guess at what the fuck's going on, but like, don't listen to me. But 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 I'm probably more informed than say like Jim Cramer. Listen to me over Jim Cramer. I can make that assessment, but still don't listen to me. That really tells you what I I think about Jim (laughs) Cramer. Do not take Jim Cramer's financial advice. Dave Ramsey sells these stupid-ass fucking classes where you can get your Dave Ramsey certificate so you can go and teach people about being, you know, financially literate and shit. It's just a scam for Dave Ramsey to make money. If you are taking a class from Dave Ramsey to become a, a, whatever the book, a financial coach or something like that, you're in a Ponzi scheme and you're an idiot and you have no idea how to manage money. Oh, fuck. Just saying, I hate Dave Ramsey. I had a friend uh, in Nashville messaged me one time, and he was like, hey, uh, a friend of a friend messaged me like, they're looking for somebody over at Dave Ramsey's place. Would you go to work for them? I'm like, no. Dave Ramsey wouldn't like me at all. <laughs> of uh, gas tax holiday would have a very small impact on prices, experts say. And I'm going to tell you, they're not going to say this, but I'm going to tell you why it will have very little uh, uh, impact on prices because the the majority of the prices that we're seeing right now comes from uh, uh, price gouging. The tax is not what's causing the the, the price of gas to be so uh, astronomically high. But I, I do believe... Well, it will have a very small impact on prices, probably bring gas down maybe 5, 10 cents tops. If that, it's good optics for, for, it's good politics for the Biden administration. If I was, if I was a communications person for the White House, I'd be telling them to do it. Making a big deal about the fact that they did it. But no, it's going to have a very small impact on prices. And then he probably won't even fucking do it.
2: Gas prices remain near record highs today, averaging 497 a gallon nationwide. And with that, President Biden considering a it ain't
1: high enough for this shit,
2: Americans a little relief. What does that mean for you and for the markets? Andrew Lipow is the president of Lipow oil associates. Nice to see you, sir. But the markets Let's talk about
3: what exactly a federal gas tax holiday means for consumers. Well, currently, the government collects $0.18 a gallon in a federal excise tax for every gallon of gasoline that the consumer buys. So if we have a tax holiday for that federal excise tax, that savings of $0.18 would be passed on to the consumer in the form of lower retail prices.
1: What would be the better policy would be, like, give people a gas card. Apparently, they can't consider that. If if you wondered about that, apparently they can't consider... Giving everybody a gas card because they're they're low on the chips. They can't produce enough of the actual cards to give everybody. But if that's the case, like you should you should just fucking deposit it in people's accounts. Uh produce cards for people who, who, you know, have to request a card and everything. It sucks for them and everybody like go ahead, just deposit some money in people's accounts. Fuck. Here's your gas money, do it. But as always with the with the fucking Democrats, we gotta means test it. We gotta make sure it's a gas card. You can only use it at the gas pump. You can't just give everybody like a fucking, oh, here's a stipend for gas. They might spend it on drugs. Oof. This stupid ass country.
4: Some relief there, but just in terms of the Biden presidency, the messaging, the impact that is going to have on everyday Americans.
3: What's your read on that?
1: National laws, national laws.
3: Nearly two dollars a gallon since.
1: And that's even, and that's not even in the conversation. You aren't hearing anybody talk about nationalizing unless you're watching somebody on fucking YouTube or Twitch or something like a fucking me. Yahoo News ain't gonna have anybody on there talking about nationalization. Not even in our conversation. They want to act like the media's left-wing fuck off.
3: Last year, it's really a very small impact for the consumer. And the other thing is it does nothing as far as supplying the consumer with more energy, which is what the world is looking for at the moment. Does it stand the risk of increasing demand? Well, I think what it does is mitigates any demand destruction that these higher prices are incurring on the consumer. So while gasoline demand has been pretty good as Americans take to the road for the summer driving... Flash!
1: Great point! The money you pay to your weed dealer stays in the community and goes uh, throughout your community has more purchasing power and more economic impact than going and buying something at Walmart. Abso-fucking-lutely. Man, I, this is wild. I, I, I fucking. So I was news director of nine radio stations, right? And uh, it was in Eastern Kentucky in the coal industry. Like they were like, they fucking, fucking, they bought airtime on our radio station. Everything was owned and paid for by the fucking, the coal industry. And I had written this thing. (laughs) <laughs> this, this propaganda piece is what it is. And it was like it was a dad like tucking his daughter in at night. No, that was how it ended. That's how it ended. Fuck, I didn't... Because like, remember, this was 15 fucking years ago. But it was like it was going to follow a dollar. And it was going to go like through our sponsors and shit. Like, uh, like a Community Trust Bank was one of our sponsors. The, the dollar was going to pass through the local community trust bank and it was going to pass through uh, the double quick was the name of the, the local gas station. The dollar was going to pass through the day and go like into the, the pocket of a, a a coal truck driver and everything. This was going to this was going to relate to several of our sponsors and show how the money stayed in your community and blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of the night, like, you know, it was like it was going to be a dad giving it to his daughter, doll- his daughter and putting it in like her, her biggie bank like kissing your night turning off the light was how it was going to end i'm glad i never got to make that however i'm a fucking creative fucking genius (laughs) oh god damn i don't know i don't know why that triggered that memory for me i don't care what you have to say lip out oil associates president you are the president of Lipow Oil Associates. You are an oily individual, sir. I don't trust you. I don't trust you at all. I also don't trust our Supreme Court. It's fucking wild. Guys, it's wild. The Supreme Court just forced Maine to fund religious education. And it won't stop there. We're reading from Slate, so that's why it's, uh, it's got a little bit of a, uh, a slant to it you hadn't noticed. Chief Justice John Roberts' opinion has the potential to dismantle secular public education in the United States. The Supreme Court's conservative supermajority effectively declared on Tuesday that the separation of church and state, a principle enshrined in the Constitution, is itself unconstitutional. Now, I have right-wingers tell me all the time, they're like, well, separation of church and state isn't mentioned in the Constitution. No, motherfucker, it's not. Do you know where we get that from? Do you know where we get that from? It was what Thomas Jefferson said when asked to describe the purpose of the First Amendment. Follow with me again. One of the authors of the Constitution was asked what the purpose of the First Amendment was. And he used that phrase creating a wall of separation of church and state to describe the purpose of the First Amendment. So yes, the phrase isn't in the Constitution. You're correct. Idiots. Idiots. Uh. Uh. It's 6-3 decision in Carson versus Macon requires Maine to give public money to private religious schools, steamrolling decades of precedent in a race to compel state funding of religion. Carson is radical enough on its own, but the implications of the ruling are even, even more frightening. As Justice Stephen Breyer noted in his dissent, it is the potential to dismantle secular public education in the United States that's their goal... Sure, if you just want to go with taking it from the guy that wrote it. Yes. (laughs) 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 Yes, yes, yes. Person challenges Maine's effort to provide quality civic education to every child in the state. The government created a tuition assistance program to help families who live in remote, sparsely populated regions without any public schools. Under the program, parents can send their kids to certain private schools, and the state covers the cost of tuition. To qualify, these schools must give students a secular education. They, must, they may be affiliated with or even run by a religious organization, but their actual curricula must align with secular state standards. I see nothing wrong with that. That seems perfectly fucking reasonable. Two families challenge this limitation, arguing that it violated the First Amendment's free exercise clause. No, it doesn't. Nothing about the state's actions prevent you from your free exercise of religion. Just two decades ago, the claim would have been laughed out of court. Yes, as it should have been. GOAT only permitted states to subsidize religious schools in 2002. At the time, it would have been absurd to say that states have a constitutional obligation to subsidize them. Beginning in 2017, the court began to assert that states may not exclude religious schools from public benefits that are available to their secular counterparts. And In 2020, the conservative justices forced states to subsidize religious schools once they begin subsidizing secular private education. Today's decision in Corson takes this radical theory to a new extreme, ordering Maine to extend public education funds to religious indoctrination. I'm not gonna say what you said, Scrappy. I don't think you're trying to trick me. I think you're being funny, and I encourage it. However... Out of an abundance of caution, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> I agree with your sentiment, though. I concur with your statement. Oh fuck! I don't, I don't want to abolish private schools, right? It's because I went to a private school when I was a kid. I would f- for one year. For one year, let's let's be perfectly clear. And it was a religious school. It was a Christian school and it was it was a better school than the the high school the public high school I went to. Hands down. I got a better education. I, I, if you If you've been here for a while, I've told the story before uh, at the Christian school that I went to my eighth grade year, they taught us evolution as I learned it later on in college. And this was this would have been like 97, 96, something like that. taught us evolution as as I would you know go on to learn it in college. Just that, you know, God set it in motion. That was that was all, that was all, that was all. I get to high school at a public, at a public school. And first of all, my biology teacher that I actually had wouldn't do it. So they actually, she wouldn't talk about it at all. So they actually made us go to a different biology teacher. And he was like, oh, some people believe blah, 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 blah. And it was the wildest fucking thing to me. Now, I know my experience is, <laughs> is not the, you know, the average experience. And one of my teachers at that Christian school has been on the troll patrol before. So like, I, it was a pretty progressive Christian school, if, if I if I do say so myself. But not all of them are. But I'm not am not against private institutions, but you should have to you should have to meet certain standards, right? I'm not against homeschooling, but this this push by the right to funnel public dollars into private hands is a scam, and I'm not going to stand for it. I that's a, that's also a very good point, right, Mox? Because I believe there are countries that ban uh, private schools, so it does indeed force the the rich assholes' kids to go with it. So so that they make sure that the, the schools are all taken care of. So like, there is totally an argument to be made there. I I, I get where you're coming from, and tax the fucking church, Scrappy. I'm with you, a fucking men all right let's let's actually let's go back to election coverage only this is the 2020 election hold on hold on i might actually have that that background do i still have the election graphics from 2020 (laughs) <laughs> oh god damn I was gonna it's it's so similar to this too Now I'm going back to the I'm going back to the pride flag we're going back to the 2020 election <laughs> oh is the January 6th committee meant for day number is this four day number four we're going to start off with our star witness, former Georgia election worker, uh, Wondrea Shea Moss. Wondrea Shea Moss. I, I'm not going to hit the content warning, but apparently her story was riveting, and people were raving about it.
5: The events that we're here to talk about today are incredibly difficult to relive. Your proud service as an election worker took a dramatic turn on the day that Rudy Giuliani publicized a video of you and your mother counting ballots on election night. President Trump, Rudy Giuliani, and others claimed on the basis of this video that you and your mother were somehow involved in a plot to kick out observers, bring suitcases of false ballots for Biden into the arena and then run them through the machines multiple times.
1: You can already tell she got PTSD about this shit. Look at her as he's, like, describing it. Fuck. That's not a bad idea to use, like, Grinshaw's fucking eye. (laughs) ...times.
5: None of that was true, was it? None of it. I'd like to show you some of the statements that Rudy Giuliani made in a second hearing before the Georgia State Legislators... A week after that video clip from State Farm Arena was first circulated by Mr. Giuliani and President Trump. I want to advise viewers that these statements are completely false and also deeply disturbing.
6: Tape earlier in the day of Ruby Freeman and Shay Freeman Morris and one other gentleman quite obviously surreptitiously passing around USB ports as if they are vials of
1: heroin or cocaine. My God.
6: Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools?
1: Yes. The committee put up a warning graphic content, so content warning, fuckers.
6: I mean, it's outsta- it's, it's obvious to anyone who's a criminal investigator or prosecutor, they are engaged in surreptitious illegal activity, again, that day. And that's a week ago, and they're still walking around Georgia, lying. Should have been, they should have been, uh, should have been questioned already. Uh, God
1: damn those eyes. Did you see his eyes?
6: For evidence already. Uh, and they're still walking around Georgia. Why? Should have been, they should have been, uh, should have been questioned already. What is
1: that face? What is that face? like his when like he's talking about questioning them his eyes pop out of his head what is wrong with you I call that the I call that the holy spirit so ready uh their places of work their
6: homes should have been searched for evidence of balance
1: like he paused for uh, like 2 or 3 seconds there with that face
5: That video was from Rudy Giuliani's appearance at a Georgia state Senate hearing.
1: I doubt he was sober, Dustin. How did you become aware, how
5: did you first become aware that Rudy Giuliani, the president's lawyer, was accusing you and your mother of a crime?
7: I was at work, like always. Um, And the former... Chief, Mr. Jones, asked me to come to his office. And um, when I went to his office, the former director, Mr. Barron, was in there and they showed me a video on their computer. Um, It was just like a very short clip of us working at State Farm and it had someone on the video, like, talking um over the video just saying that we were doing things that we
1: they found it on bit shoot basically they found somebody doing this on bit shoot
7: <laughs> weren't supposed to do just lying um throughout the video and that's when i first found out about it i told them um I, you know i was
1: like my God, Mox has asked one of the hardest questions: more publicly drunk, Rudy or Cudlow? I want the chat's opinion. I want that. That's a fucking tough one. Jesus, Cudlow is always says. I don't know that I've ever seen him sober. Rudy, I would assume at some points in time. Judge Janine is in the running. Jesus. <laughs> where where have they
7: you know where have you been getting these threats i i don't believe i have any and um mr jones told me like they're attacking his uh facebook and i don't really use facebook i have one so i went to the facebook app and i'm just kind of panicky at this point because this has never happened to me and my mom is involved and i'm like her only child So I'm just asking him, like, where are the messages? All I see is the feeds. Like, how do you get to the messages? And he said, it's another icon on your phone that says Messenger. And I went to that icon, and it was just a lot of horrible things there.
5: And those horrible things, did they include threats?
7: Yes, a a lot of threats.
1: Why would you even tell her to go to her messages? Wait, what? Telling. Why'd you even, why if she hadn't even been to her messages and knew all this existed? Why tell her to go and see that shit? Oh my god. This woman just had a Facebook activated just so like she could like friend people and stuff. And she hops on every like couple months. Likes all your vacation pictures. Wants to see your kids pictures. That's what she's using Facebook for. God damn. i (laughs) mean. I mean, I guess they needed to see the evidence, but she didn't need to see it.
7: Me that, you know, I'm, I'll be in jail with my mother and saying things like, be glad it's 2020 and not 1920.
5: That's, yeah. Were, were a lot of these threats and, and vile comments racist in nature?
7: I bet. A lot of them were racist. A lot of them were just hateful. Yes, Boy, howdy,
5: I'm sure they were. we just watched, Mr. Giuliani accused you and your mother of passing some sort of USB drive to each other. Uh, what was your mom actually handing you on that video?
7: A ginger mint. <laughs>
8: My name is Ruby Freeman. I've always believed that when God says that he'll make your name great, but this is not the way it was supposed to be. I could have never imagined the events that followed the presidential election twenty twenty.
1: For my entire Can I just say I love this fucking woman. Look at her fucking glasses, her hair, her outfit. I love your style, ma'am. You are cool as fuck.
8: My professional life I was Lady Ruby. My community in Georgia, where I was born and lived my whole life.
1: Lady Ruby
8: is Lady Ruby. I built my own business around that name, La Ruby's Unique Treasures.
1: And she is unique. I, she is a treasure. Unique fashions.
8: I wore a shirt that proudly proclaimed that I was and I am Lady Ruby. Actually, I had that shirt on. I had that shirt in every color. I won't <laughs> day twenty twenty.
9: I have a since,
8: oh, and I'll never wear it again. Oh now I won't even introduce myself by my name anymore. I get nervous when I bump into someone I know in the grocery store who says my name. I'm worried about who's listening. I get nervous when I have to give my name for food orders. I'm always concerned of who's around me. I've lost my name, and I've lost my reputation. I've lost my sense of security. All because a group of people starting with number 45 and his ally, Rudy Giuliani, decided to scapegoat me and my daughter, Shay to push their own lies about how the presidential election was stolen.
5: Ms. Moss, how has this experience of being targeted by the former president and his allies affected your life?
7: It's turned my life upside down. Um, I no longer give out my business card, I don't transfer calls, I don't want anyone knowing my name. I don't want to go anywhere with my mom because she might yell my name out over the grocery aisle or something. I don't go to the grocery store at all. I haven't been anywhere um, at all. I've gained about 60 pounds. I just don't do nothing anymore. I don't want to go anywhere. I second-guess everything that I do. Um, It's affecting my life in in a major way. In every way, all because of lies. For me doing my job, same thing I've been doing forever.
1: Thanks for watching our YouTube. That poor woman. Fuck. That was the standout testimony from today in the January six hearings. We have other little nuggets to talk about, but my God, like I imagine all the people just the cuz these right wingers acted like it was no big deal that Trump's up here fucking spreading lies, trying to take over the fucking government. God damn. Yeah, can we get her some coverage like Depp got? No. No the the January 6 hearing isn't getting the coverage that the the Depp trial got, I'm sure. Most cable news channels are airing it live, though. Now we're going to hear from the Arizona State Assembly Speaker.
5: What was the ask during this call? Uh, he was making these allegations of fraud, but he had something or a couple things uh, that they wanted you to do. What were those? The ones I remember were first the
10: that we would hold, that I would allow an official committee
1: This is the Republican Speaker of the State Assembly
10: at, at the Capitol so that they could hear this evidence and that we could take action thereafter um, and I refused I said up to that time the, the circus I called it a circus had been brewing with uh, lots of demonstrations both at the counting center at the Capitol and other places and I didn't want to have that in the House. I, I did not feel that the evidence, granted in its absence, merited a hearing, and I didn't want to be used as a pawn. Good on you, dude. There was some
1: other need that the... A sensible Republican. It's amazing.
10: Um, so that was the first ask, that we hold an official committee hearing. And what was his second ask? i i said to what end to what end the hearing he said well we have heard by an official high up in the republican uh, legislature that there is a legal theory or a legal ability in arizona that you can remove the um the electors of president biden and replace them and we would we would like to have the legitimate opportunity through the committee to come to that end and and remove that. And I said, that's, that's something I've, that's totally new. such
1: welcome.
10: And he pressed that point. And I said, look, you are asking me to do something that is counter to my oath when I swore to the Constitution to uphold it, and I also swore to the Constitution and the laws of the state of Arizona.
1: And Are you sure it's not a Star Trek badge?
10: Idea or a,
1: There's a, I don't think that's a pocket, is it? And I would never do
10: anything of such magnitude without deep consultation with qualified attorneys. And I said, I've got some good attorneys and I'm going to give you their names. Uh, but you're asking me to do something against my oath and I will not break my oath.
1: So that is a honorable Republican. I assume he's not going to be reelected. <laughs> I just assume he's not going to be reelected because he's an honorable Republican. Those those don't exist. Meadows wanted to send gifts to Georgia election officials. January six panel says Mark Meadows, chief of staff to then President Donald Trump, discussed sending Georgia election investigators a shitload of POTUS stuff like coins and autographed MAGA hats. As they investigated claims of voter fraud, Representative Adam Schiff, a member of the Select Committee investigating the January 6th riot, said during Tuesday's hearing. Meadows called and texted Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger's office 18 times to set up the now infamous January 2nd call among Raffensperger, Trump, and their staffs in which the then-president urged Raffensperger to find the votes needed to reverse the results. Schiff said Tuesday that the panel has texts that show Meadows wanted to send the state election investigators, in the words of one aide, a shitload of POTUS stuff, including coins, actual autographed MAGA hats. White House staff intervened to make sure that didn't happen. You'll bribe him with MAGA swag. Oh my God. Speaking of text messages, let's look at Ron Johnson's text messages to an aide, or not... It was Ron Johnson's office, and it was uh, to Mike Pence's office. So this is Sean Riley in uh, uh, Ron Johnson's office. Johnson needs to hand something to V. POTUS. Please advise. Chris Hodgson from Mike Pence's office says, What is it? Alternate uh, slate of electors for Michigan and Wisconsin because archivists didn't receive them. Sean Riley texted back. Chris Hodgson from Pence's office says, Do not give that to him. The January 6th committee on Tuesday displayed text showing a Republican senator's aide seeking to hand-deliver fake election certificates from Michigan and Wisconsin to then-Vice President Mike Pence on January 6th. Sean Riley and aide to Senator Ron Johnson wrote a text Trump also urged Republican National Committee Chair Ronna McDaniel to support his efforts to overturn the 2020 election results. Essentially, he turned the call over to lawyer John Eastman, who then proceeded to talk about the importance of the RNC helping the campaign gather these contingent electors in case any of the legal challenges that were ongoing changed the result of any of the states. McDaniel testified Tuesday during a pre-taped video. I think more just helping them reach out and assemble them. But my understanding is the campaign did not take the lead and we just were helping them in that role. Or I'm sorry, that the campaign did take the lead and we were just helping them in that role. Pretty fucked. Pretty fucked indeed. The next hearing for January 6th committee is on Thursday. I think it's also a midday hearing. We are now going to talk about how overnight another mass shoot. There was a shooting in D.C. as senators work on finalizing the gun bill. (laughs) And we've got the text of the gun bill, which came out just before we uh, we went on air. Shooting on the streets of New York. In Harlem, eight people wounded, one
2: killed. A 21-year-old Texas college basketball player home on break. This is beyond a tragedy. You no, know, this is like, what type of world are we really living in? And in Washington, D.C., chaos at a Sunday music festival. Gunshots sparking panic. A 15-year-old boy killed. At least three other
11: people, including a police officer, hurt. Illegal firearms in the hands of people who should not have them make events like this unsafe.
1: And what does it say? What does it say that I didn't put this on the list last night because like, there was only one person killed? <laughs> what what does it say
11: the
2: violence comes as senators on capitol hill haggle over the final details of new gun restrictions
11: The a serious serious negotiation is very close
2: to coming to fruition a key sticking point closing the so-called boyfriend loophole which allows dating partners in domestic violence cases to buy a gun other changes, incentives for states to pass red flag laws, more penalties for gun traffickers, enhanced background checks for gun buyers under 21, and increased funding for mental health care.
1: I think OK, first of all, like the like domestic violence thing, that, like that's the number one indicator. Anyone who has had any kind of domestic violence charge should be stripped of their gun rights. Fight me bitches, Fight me!" I mean, not you guys. You guys are all cool. Wait, what? Oh, the number—the number one indicator of uh, like, like, uh, like going on to commit more aggressive violence is like escalating with a with a domestic partner. Maybe okay. Maybe you need a three strikes or something. I don't know, but like, like, I am I am totally down with domestic partners reporting their partners and getting their guns taken away. Cause like usually that escalates to like, I don't know what the boyfriend loophole is. Oh, the, the, was that where they like, you could buy a, a gun even if you've got domestic violence charges. Is that what that was?
2: The violence comes as senators on Capitol Hill haggle over the final details of new gun restrictions. It's a serious, serious
6: negotiation. And
2: it's very close to coming to fruition. A key sticking point: closing the so-called boyfriend loophole, which allows dating partners in domestic violence cases to buy a gun. Other changes... Yeah, yeah, that
1: is stupid. ...red flag laws,
2: more penalties for gun traffickers, enhanced background checks for gun buyers under 21, and increased funding for mental health.
1: Yes, yes, but however, that 40% number comes from, like, self-reporting. They haven't actually been charged. It was like a self-reporting survey. The cops themselves... The cops themselves (laughs) reported that... Now, like... The abuse was like emotional, verbal, and everything, and physical. Like it included all of that. It was a self report, yes. It was a self reporting survey, and the cops said that. But I mean, emotional abuse absolutely is abuse.
2: Healthcare. I think Republicans
1: will learn that there's no political downside to voting for change. What? What? Republicans learn? Republicans, when have Republicans learned anything about anything ever? Can anyone give me an example of Republicans learning something? Except like new ways to do the racism. And can, can you guys give me any good examples of Republicans learning something?
2: Changes like this. But Republicans who are engaging with Democrats are already facing backlash. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: New ways to do racism, Scrabby. John Cornyn, the
2: top GOP negotiator on the potential gun deal. Make
1: it sound scientific.
2: Today, a Senate candidate in Missouri is out with a new online ad where he and a group of armed men in tactical gear burst.
1: You know what? You know what? You know what is the fucking next thing I've got on this fucking... (laughs) Oh, we need to come back. Don't, don't forget, we need to come back to that ad. Or, I mean, we need, not that ad. We need to come back to the text of the, of the legislation that's been proposed. This is the Eric Greitens for U.S. Senate ad. I assume you, you guys have all seen it. All the, all the left-wing media has done it. But, like, just in case you haven't seen the ad. He's Navy SEAL, and today we're going rhino hunting.
4: The rhino feeds on corruption and is marked by the stripes of cowardice.
3: Join the MAGA crew, get a rhino hunting permit. There's no bagging limit, no tagging limit, and it doesn't expire until we save our country.
1: He's talking about his own party though. For those unaware, it's not even his political opponents. (laughs) <laughs> For those that aware, Rhino means Republican in name only. <laughs> it's just other Republicans that they disagree with. These fucking assholes. The, the, the Republicans that aren't sufficiently uh, Trump loyalists. I wish they could feel embarrassment. So, a GOP leader in the state of, uh, what is it, Missouri? I think it's Missouri. Missouri GOP leader says he's contacted police over bloodthirsty Gritens ad. So, ask and you shall receive. Missouri State Senate Majority Leader Caleb Rowden announced on Monday that U.S. Senate candidate and disgraced ex-governor Eric Gritens. Remember, he's accused of raping a woman. Disgraced ex-governor Eric Gritens' rhino hunting campaign ad had prompted him to reach out to law enforcement. We have been in contact with the Missouri Highway Patrol and hope that former Governor Gritens' finds the help he needs. Anyone with multiple accusations of abuse towards women and children should probably steer clear of this rhetoric, should probably, rhetoric, rhetoric, I said it funny, They should probably be stripped of their gun rights. As we talked about earlier, with that boyfriend loophole. He added, referring to Griton's ex-wife's graphic accusations of domestic abuse against the candidate, TVM has reached out to the Missouri State Highway Patrol to ask whether they've heard from Rowden. Rowden made the announcement in a retweet of the video, though that original post is now gone because it was posted by an account that no longer exists, according to Twitter's note. In lieu of the video, the account, which had a handle of Gritens underscore Eric, was deactivated by the user, a Twitter spokesperson told TPM. Rowden's announcement came several hours after gritton's unveiled the new ad, which shows the candidate who once served as a Navy SEAL and men in military gear busting into a house in a mission to hunt rhinos. Join the MAGA crew. Get a rhino hunting permit. Facebook has removed the ad for violating the platform's policies on violence. Twitter is letting the video stay up with a disclaimer above it stating that this tweet violated Twitter rules about abusive behavior, but also Twitter has determined that it may be in the public's interest for the tweet to remain accessible. But now let's get back to the actual text of the bill. You know, we like to get down to the nitty gritty here on this show. Joe you know, with the troll head brings you all the news. Bipartisan Senate group releases bill text for gun safety deal. Bill titled bipartisan safer communities act falls well short of what Democrats and president Biden want, but if passed, it will be the most significant gun safety legislation in decades. Once again, there hasn't been any kind of uh, gun legislation. Senators are racing to get the bill passed before they break at the end of the week. For their two-week July 4th recess, they get a two-week vacation for July 4th while the country burns. That vote could slide into this weekend. Once passed, the House is expected to take it up swiftly and send it to President Biden's desk. Both Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Minority Leader Mitch McConnell issued statements of support shortly after the text was released. Along with the 80 page bill, the group also sent senators a five page section by section breakdown obtained by Axios. The key provisions include enhanced background checks, which requires the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, NICS, to conduct an enhanced review of purchasers under the age of 21 to determine whether juvenile records disqualify that individual from purchasing a firearm. NICS is given 10 days to complete the investigation. And it unsets after 10 years. State incentives for red flag laws provides a $750 million over five years that will go to states for crisis intervention programs, including red flag laws, mental health courts, drug courts, veterans courts, and extreme risk protection orders appropriates hundreds of millions for mental health and school safety programs includes 120 million over 4 years for a community mental health block grant program to prepare and train communities and first responders on how to appropriately and safely respond to individuals with mental disorders That's not bad that doesn't sound bad but like that's that's something we should be doing regardless of of the gun issue, this shouldn't even be something that should be in the gun issue because this should be something we should be doing anyway. Funding education on how to approach people with mental disorders that may be having issues. I that is it that is an issue, but like it like having a name as somebody who is somebody who's flagged. Like it should be easy enough to clear that up. You know, you've got to have your multiple forms of, of, of identification to go to the, like, you know, courthouse. I'm totally okay with, you know, having multiple forms of identification to go to the gun store. I'm sorry, flash. Once again, I'm not anti-gun. Uh, maybe you should look into printing your gun. Illegal firearm trafficking prohibits the straw purchasing and trafficking of firearms by criminals and enhances penalties for possession of firearms and uh, for for possession of firearms by prohibited persons. Talks between the core four senators involved: Chris Murphy, Cornyn, Kirsten Cinema, Tom Tillis. They stalled late last week over a series of sticking points. The group struggled to reach a compromise over details over the red flag provision, which is especially unpopular among conservatives who fear it will too easily uh, will, will too easy to strip Americans of their Second Amendment rights. The boyfriend loophole, uh, which would keep guns out of the hands of domestic abusers, unmarried or not. Cornyn, the top Republican negotiator, also faced immense pressure from inside the GOP conference to pair the package back. Cornyn was booed in Texas last week, which many senators feared could impact how the gun talks would play out. Uh, And like, maybe the background check. Could have flagged the Uvalde shooter. Maybe. Now I tell you what boys. The fucking cops failed miserably. And this one is going to piss you off. The officer husband. Of a slain Uvalde teacher was detained and had his gun taken away after trying to save his wife. And let's hope that he would have tried to save the children as well when he was trying to save his wife. But let's, let's get this straight. The cop that tried to actually do something... And this could be one of the cops that we heard about, like when they, like, oh, they tried to get their children out. The Texas uh, Department of Public Safety director said Eva Morales told her husband she had been shot and was dying. Shocking testimony from the Texas DPS director on Tuesday had revealed even more insight into the abject failure—the response to the Uvalde shooting that occurred on May 24th. The Texas an abject failure for those of you listening to the audio that is in quotes. That was the uh, like uh, Texas Department of Public Safety director saying it was an abject failure. This was Stephen McCraw, the Director revealed that the husband of slain elementary teacher Eva Morales tried to save her, but tried to save her, not tried to save her butt, but was barred from doing so. Ruben Ruiz is a police officer for the school district and was on the scene after the gunman entered the school and opened fire. McCross said Morales called Ruiz and told him that she had been shot and was dying. And what happened to him is he was trying, he tried to move forward into the hallway. He was detained, and they took his gun away from him and escorted it off to off the scene. McCraw didn't say who specifically detained Ruiz. Fucking wow. Holy shit. Cops are useless. Cops are useless.
12: We are learning some stunning new information that tonight has parents of those 19 children who were killed in Uvalde, Texas, wondering could their child have been saved that's because the head of the texas department of public safety blasted the police response detailing how there were enough armed officers in the school hallway three minutes after the attack began but instead officers waited 74 minutes before breach
1: three minutes there were enough officers to breach the door three minutes three minutes look at all these fucks in that hallway
12: teaching what we learned today was an unlocked door texas an is- unlocked door they waited for a key testified today in austin that officers had the manpower they had the equipment and the time to quote neutralize the suspect McCraw placed the blame squarely on police chief pete arandondo who was inside the school but did not act CBS's Omar Villafranca is going to start us off tonight from Uvalde, Texas. Good evening, Omar.
1: Now, I do want to put out, point out that arredondo they are having a he won election to be on city council before this happened. He was sworn in after the shooting in a secret ceremony as to not upset the the parents. They are having a vote tonight to do some sort of suspension or remove him from the, from the council. And we'll have an update on that later. Good evening, the head of DPS said the fact that
0: officers waited so long to react goes against everything they are taught. And he said that in action set the profession back a decade. He also said the school police chief put the lives of officers over children. Texas's Everybody top trooper was blunt. There's compelling evidence that the law enforcement response to the attack at Robb Elementary was an abject failure. and Colonel Steve McCraw, head of the Texas Department of Public Safety, placed that blame solely at the boots of the Uvalde School Police Chief, Pete Arredondo. The only thing stopping a hallway of dedicated officers from ending room 111 and 112 was the on scene commander. Who decided to place the lives? Yeah,
1: that's what I don't understand. Like, they had multiple officers. Like, wouldn't some of them go to the window? Wouldn't some of them go to the door? Wouldn't they go multiple entry points? Like, what the fuck? You you hustle together. You have a plan. You you go and execute it. What the fuck? That's just that's just me as a fucking you know noob on the couch over here playing video games kind of shit. But that seems to me would be what you would do in that situation, right? Fuck. The officers before the lives of children.
0: McCraw laid out multiple times police failed to engage sooner. Three minutes into the attack, armed, Three minutes. armed with rifles were present, including Arredondo. And at 1152 AM, 21 minutes in, the first ballistic shield was inside the school. Confirming security footage obtained by the Austin American Statesman, by 12:21, officers with four ballistic shields heard more gunshots. Yet police waited, even as 911 calls were coming from at least two students inside the classrooms. The officers had weapons; the children had none. The officers had body armor; the children had none. Anything to say to the parents? Arredondo, who was also in Austin at a closed-door hearing, tried to dodge cameras and tough questions. Arredondo has claimed that officers were looking for keys to open the classroom
1: door, but Mac- Yeah, I want, I want to point out that Arredondo wouldn't testify in the in the open hearing. He only testified behind closed doors because he's a fucking coward. Fuck these cowards.
0: the Lawmakers when he said the, the door didn't lock from the inside and no one tried to open them. I don't believe, basically, the information we have right now that that door was ever secured. In fact... I have great reason to believe it wasn't secured. How about trying the door and see if it's unlocked? As more information comes to light, Uvalde's grief... Fucking idiots! At last night's school board meeting, Angel Garza, whose 10-year-old stepdaughter, A. Marie, was killed, called for Eridondo to resign.
1: How are we supposed to continue our lives here? Uh, Prosecute the motherfucker! Those people that are supposed to protect us
0: let down our family. Arredondo previously told the media... They do
1: train the barge indoors! ...power
0: to stop the shooter, but McGraw's testimony contradicts that. He says they did. It's worth noting that Arredondo is also a city council member, and there is a city council meeting tonight, and one of the things they plan to discuss, a leave of absence for Arredondo.
1: Nora? Leave of absence is the way they're putting it. Bull shit. He should be prosecuted. He should be prosecuted negligent homicide for that motherfucker. All right, we're going to go more in-depth. Remember, there was hearings all day today. State Senator Roland Gutierrez speaks. Roland this Gutierrez. is a local news hit. Both the Texas House and the Texas Senate are hosting hearings this week regarding last month's school shooting. This is like a six or seven-minute piece, but like it should let us know a lot more about what, we, uh, what they learned at the hearings earlier today
11: represents you Valdi. Thanks so much for taking the time for us. I can't
1: make it. I can't make it full screen, though, for some reason.
11: Well, in today's Senate hearing, much if not all of the blame for the response to the killer at Robb Elementary School was placed at the feet of ISD Police Chief Pete Arredondo. The DPS director called it an abject failure. Is that how you see it?
9: Well, I, I you know, there's been a lot of finger pointing and certainly a lot of quick rushes to judgment, but at the end of the day, I think that I would go with his first assessment that, uh, several weeks ago when he said that this was a failure by all law enforcement. Uh, when I questioned him directly today, we were able yeah, to... Yeah,
1: cops just suck. Yeah, I, th- I think he's he on board, board with, with us.
9: Protocol, uh, super he's super not. Senate, any notion of incident commander protocol. And therefore, all law enforcement entities that were in that hallway should have made the decision to go in there. We were also able to ascertain that Arredondo really didn't have radio communication. So, uh, to the point that I've been saying day after day, how do you become an active shooter uh, um, incident commander if you don't have the ability to communicate that with anybody? Uh, Certainly, I think that Arredondo' his actions were a dereliction of duty by leaving his radio communications outside. But today, we were told. That
1: Charging no, with negligent any homicide. Any law
9: enforcement agency inside that building. That's clearly a glaring systemic failure that unfortunately led to the further loss of life.
11: Blame in an instance like this is one thing. Holding someone accountable is another thing. Are there people involved in this response who should like this face reporter. serious consequences?
9: Well... Listen, yes, I think I, I'm going to leave that judgment to to other people. Uh, right now, I've got as a legislator, I've got to make sure that this doesn't ever happen again. You have 91 DPS
1: abolish DPS that, DPS that, DPS that police department; DPS it's useless.
9: Twelve in that hallway for bits and moments. Not once did any of those people take any orders from Pete Arredondo or anybody else. It is clear to me that what happened in that hallway was a failure of communication by all law enforcement officers to be able to communicate with each other. Um, I've never met Pete Arredondo. Don't care to meet him. He clearly failed, but so did everybody else in that hallway and beyond.
1: The D- Yes, yeah, Scrappy, that's, that's odd, isn't that it? state
11: troopers that were there couldn't legally take over the active scene on that day. Should that law be changed in light of this horrific event?
9: So I heard that, too. And at the end of the day, um, I questioned that legal.
1: Uh, no cops are good cops. Letting the state troopers take over isn't going to help anything. What the fuck? They're, they're just as big cowards as the other cops. Fuck off. Fuck me. Uh,
9: estimation or that legal assertion by him. At the end of the day, the Bortec officers went in on their own as per Colonel McCraw's testimony. So the federal government didn't stand down to anybody. They didn't ask questions. They finally got fed up and went in. And so I would question, you know, his assertion or his assessment of things. At the end of the day, what I pinned him down was specifically was active shooter protocols, supersede incident commander protocols. And so all officers in that hallway and beyond failed these children.
1: That's this guy's a democrat a by the way. That's going to make you even more upset, scrappy.
9: But the systemic failures, the operational failures, the communication failures, and the human error here are obvious. But they need to be spread right across the board to everybody that was out there. And that's clear.
11: Let's talk more about that communication aspect. We know now that things we were told that day were not true. For example, the door.
1: Complete the lies, it complete fabrications.
11: Either, it wasn't propped open. How would you describe the flow of information coming from authorities that are in charge here?
9: That's been one of the biggest things that I had to say. I mean, if we're here to fix things. It's important that we be transparent. This timeline was certainly. Amended up until yesterday, but this, the brunt of this timeline was had. Oh, it was
1: border the patrol. 10 days. Yeah. The, those feds
9: been very open and honest and forthright with this community. But as of June 2nd, all of that flow of information stopped. And I think that that led to the people in Uvalde questioning all law enforcement, including DPS their sheriffs, their police and their school police. And so when you have a, a, a lack of transparency, it tends to lead to a lack of credibility and a lack of trust by your community, and that's what's happened here. And I don't blame the people in Uvalde for not for having those those failures in trust.
1: The people
11: in Uvalde should be pissed. Does it rise to the level of a cover up, in your opinion? Yes.
1: My, my they are covering something up. Initially,
9: I didn't say that. Initially, I couldn't say that there was a cover up. Here lately, I have been very concerned about the constant finger pointing. By entities. We spent $4 billion in one year on this border. He admitted today that those 91 yeah,
1: children that
9: were on the scene, the majority of them were all for Operation Lone Star. Operation Lone Star, just like every other enforcement unit, failed these children on that day. I'm not sitting here criticizing them just for fun. These are all for the play.
1: I have fun criticizing them, but also they deserve it.
9: Special operations that they're doing joint training with these communities. He admitted today that no joint training had been done with communities along the border. If we're going to spend $4 billion as taxpayers, you're damn right we should ask for accountability. And you're damn right that that law enforcement unit should go into those communities and sit down with their counterparts at every level and train for any eventuality, whether it's an immigration eventuality or a bank robbery or a a, a school shooting like this one. That didn't happen. We didn't get up.
1: Thank you, Gutierrez.
9: We lost 19 beautiful this?
1: How is this the most white man Gutierrez I've ever seen in my life? I don't know
11: what happened, the truth here. Are they going to get the truth? Was this
1: dude an investment banker before he became a state senator?
9: Well what I can say is that at least from today's hearing we have some timeline. Uh, I just
1: this dude has never had a real taco. This dude has never had a real tamale. Look at look at that haircut and tell me he has. Come on guys, you agree with me right? Gutierrez He probably don't like the spicy food. Jesus
9: just heard from the mayor of Uvalde that there's that there was more information uh, that was not presented today as his staff watched. And so we need to get down to the bottom of this. We need to figure out what all of the timeline is from all operational units in the area. We need to uh, get the body cam footage. From my perspective, I'm going to continue to fight to get the truth. Um, I'm looking at all options on the table right now and here. The next 24 to 48 hours, you might be hearing what we're going to do going forward.
11: Is a special session needed?
9: Absolutely. You know, these committees link to nothing. What the
1: fuck are you going to do in a special session? Check each other off, just like like the the Senate's doing before they go on their two-week vacation.
9: Uh, Children, go back to school in 56 days. We need, if we're going to...
1: Yeah, I asked my uh, I asked my buddy with kids. I'm like, I bet you're already thinking about back to school shit, aren't you? He's like, Yeah, it's only two months away. <laughs> God damn. summer just started. Happy summer, everyone. Happy summer. Happy solstice. Cops lie for a fucking living. They lie when they don't have to. It's wild. Is that the one where Rodney Dangerfield goes back to uh, college? Like be with his son or some shit? Spend more time with his son? Is that back to school? Because he gives no respect. Ah, yes, Drake. I I love a Rodney Dangerfield flick. This, this, however, is not a Rodney Dangerfield flick, and it needs the content warning. Uh, Apparently a cop uh it was into this bullshit Simple thing man
6: this is how you guys get killed out here man
0: <laughs> this registration a- and insurance. What? see that again off the top at six tonight a traffic stop caught on camera has gone viral following questionable comments made by a miami-dade police officer that driver says the whole encounter has left him traumatized
4: and now the miami-dade bet. is responding local text alex finney is live with our top story alex Well, Nicole and Calvin, this driver did not hesitate to share his story. He actually wanted this to get out there. He says he's had issues with officers in the past, but nothing like this, this time leaving him just frightened.
3: This is how you guys
0: get killed out here, man.
4: Those fearful words coming from a Miami-Dade police officer. He said it to a driver during a traffic stop. 29-year-old Gerard St. Nicholas was on his way to work when he was pulled That's over.
1: fragile ego energy. He
4: says he feared for his life in that moment.
1: I can't stop. I bet. Still today, the can
4: The officer made the bold statement on June 15th. Let's show you how it all went down. Go
3: to jail today. I'm, I'm going to walk, man. No, you're not going to work. I'm going to man. walk. You're going to give me your driver's license. Give me your driver's license, registration, and insurance. If not, you will not be going to work today. Simple thing, man. This is how you guys get killed
0: out here, man. Registration and what?
1: insurance. Say that again. How you guys get killed out here. Wow. What a piece of shit.
4: The very real and raw video quickly going viral on social media. And Nicholas says he is still traumatized by that statement and the entire encounter.
7: I was on my way to walk. I didn't do nothing to the officer. He was just target at me. Because I'm black.
4: Miami-Dade Police says they are aware of the video and are currently reviewing the body camera footage, saying, "quote The officer's patrol duty was changed to administrative desk duties pending a complete investigation of the traffic stop. The officer's comments." He was. He
1: he was just. He has a fragile ego.
4: And Nicholas tells us that he
1: is looking... He, he wants to, to swing too. his He's dig too. around. In
4: the meantime, the Miami-Dade Police Department says that they have about 30 minutes of body camera footage that they are looking through right now, so more to come on all of this. For now, this is the very latest. Live, right outside the Police Department tonight, Alex Finney, Local 10 News.
1: Damn right, Sassy, all cops do. They've all got the little ego problem. Update on our friends in Virginia uh, that had escaped from prison, unfortunately. They uh, have turned themselves in. Turned themselves in. Three inmates turned themselves in after escaping federal prison in Hopewell. One is still at large. Three out of the four inmates who escaped from a Hopewell minimum security prison over the weekend have now turned themselves in to authorities. The early morning of Tuesday, June 21st, just after midnight, Forty-one-year-old Corey Branch and forty-six-year-old Kareem Allen Shaw surrendered themselves to authorities without incident. News comes a little over a day after Tarvis uh, Le- LeGuan uh, Graham, another inmate who had escaped from the Hopewell and turned himself in on Sunday. Why you go? Why would you even leave then? You go back, they're gonna hit you with other charges. Supervisory Inspector Kevin Connolly told 8 News that the U.S. Marshals Office has been working closely with local law enforcement teams, as well as the Federal Bureau of Prisons on the investigation of the incident. According to law enforcement, 30-year-old Lamont Rashawn Willis is still at large. Authorities told 8 News they are focusing their search for Willis in the area of Suffolk, Virginia. Where Willis is from, authorities have released the following photo and description of him. Do not, do not, do not narc. End out. Okay, you just want a weekend out. I understand. Hey, Willis was sentenced in the Eastern District of Virginia to 216 months' sentence for possessing and concealing a stolen firearm and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. Ugh. But I thought you loved guns so much. Everybody should have a fucking gun. But we're going to sentence somebody to 216 months. But he's not dangerous enough to put him in the, in the real prison. you got to put him in the minimum security prison. Weird. Willis, 30, is a black male with brown eyes. I'm, I'm not giving you the description. According to the U.S. Department of Justice, all four inmates were discovered missing from the federal corrections complex. During an impromptu headcount at 1.45 a.m., according to Inspector Connolly, it is believed the inmates escaped from the Hopewell facility sometime after 9.30 p.m. The branch was previously sentenced in the Eastern District of Virginia to 160 months for possession of fentanyl with the intent to distribute possession of a firearm and the commission of a felony. God had been sentenced in the Western District of Virginia to 194 months for a conspiracy to possess with intent to distribute heroin. Graham, the inmate who surrendered on Sunday, was sentenced to North Carolina. I want to know why they surrendered. Connelly told 8 News he believes that the media's coverage of the incident has played a role in the three escapees' decision to turn themselves in. All four inmates will be charged for the escape, which could lead to an additional five years on their sentences. Anyone with any information on the web? No, don't, no. I, I keep trying to read that stuff. I don't want to snark on them. Yeah, we, we, we give such harsh sentences to those motherfuckers. But if you're rich and famous, you get off without doing hardly any jail time. Get off on a technicality. Police now a civil trial has found Cosby guilty of abusing a 16-year-old girl at the Playboy Mansion in 1975. Jurors found Bill Cosby sexually abused a 16-year-old girl in the civil suit filed by Judith Huth, who accused the former comedian of sexual assault at the Playboy Mansion, Huth, now 64 told Fox News Digital shortly after the trial, Victory is right, love it, happy as I can be, or happy as can be. She was just a teenager when she and a friend met Cosby at the Los Angeles area park, where he was filming the movie Let's Do It Again. Ugh. Twelve jurors nearly reached a verdict on Friday, but were forced to begin deliberations again on Monday after Judge Craig Carlin was required to clear the courtroom at the Santa Monica courthouse at 4.30 p.m. Carlin at first indicated he would accept a partial verdict in the case, but then had to change his mind when the bailiff informed him the building was closing and the sheriff's department could not incur overtime expenses. Nine of the 12 jurors, one was an alternate who stepped in on Monday, had to agree to reach a verdict on the issue with a yes or a no. Cosby's representative, Andrew Wyatt, told Fox News Digital, uh, this was a huge victory for us because... They were looking for millions of dollars. That amount will not cover the legal bills and we will be appealing that matter. However, Mr. Cosby will not be paying punitive damages. (sighs) Oh, if only, Curiouser. I mean, fucking Henry Kissinger is still going. Oh, shit. Maybe we'll all just die. Maybe we'll all just die. No need to panic, as sunspot with potential for solar flares doubles in size overnight. But no need to panic, scientists say. A sunspot pointing toward Earth has the potential to cause solar flares, but experts told USA Today it's far from unusual and eased concerns over how flares would affect the blue planet. Active Region 3038, or AR-3038, has been growing over the past week, said Rob Steinberg, or Steinberg, yeah, Steinberg, acting lead of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's Space Weather Forecast Office. Sunspot size and growth rate are fairly normal, this is what sunspots do," he said. Over time, generally they'll grow. They go through stages, and then they decay. Sunspots appear darker because they are cooler than other parts of the sun. Can we see the see the image real real nice here? Or is that just a random image of a sunspot? That's not this sunspot. Yeah, it's just a it's just a random random sun jizz sun jizz is a great way to describe it. Sunspots appear darker because they are cooler than other parts of the sun's surface, according to NASA. Sunspots are cooler because they form where strong magnetic fields prevent heat within the sun from reaching its surface. I guess the easiest way to put it is that sunspots are regions of magnetic activity. Solar flares, which are typically uh, which typically rise from sunspots are a sudden explosion of energy Caused by tangling, crossing, and or reorganizing of magnetic fields, or magnetic field lines near sunspots. Sunspot has doubled in size. Before we do that, before we do that, let's uh, let's get some video of some solar flares. Why not? Give me some YouTube.
13: A massive solar flare erupted from the sun. It is being said that it was one of the longest ever events on the solar surface. As there
1: you go. That is a solar flare.
13: Oh as for Does sun
1: kiss? I believe so. It still exists.
13: Exploded. Producing M3 class flares that lasted nearly eight hours.
1: It would be good uh, marketing on their part.
13: The we get a sun flare planets, including the Earth, ionize the top of the atmosphere with the extreme ultraviolet radiation released from the Sun. As per reports, the event caused a shortwave radio blackout over Japan and Southeast Asia. According to the Solar and Heliospheric Observatory or SOHO, the explosion launched a coronal mass ejection or CME into space. The solar flare unleashed superheated plasma from the sun, powering them at speeds ranging in millions of kilometers per hour. While the SOHO picked up the event, the Solar Dynamic Observatory, or SDO, which is focused on the sun since 2010, also saw magnificent development. The US-based NASA
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I've been really, I've been really coffee tonight. Coffee. Sorry. Did you miss like all the end of that? I don't really want to read it again. No need to worry motherfuckers. It's a modest sized region. It has not grown abnormally rapidly. No need to worry. I will say that the, the numbers went up as my mic was off. So maybe that's something new we should do. Might be better with, with me with my My God. we'll do a whole troll patrol. My off. Quiet Justin is the best Justin, she says. She talks a lot for for somebody who criticizes people who talk a lot. She talked the entire time. When I was uh when she was here the other night and I did the, the Bernie Sanders Lindsey Graham thing. I do believe she talked the whole time. I just couldn't hear her. I would react to shit she said in the chat. <laughs> I'm sorry I gave you a short one here. I this really uh thank you. I I I tried to get background music that encapsulates you know exactly what the troll patrol is I feel like it's kind of funky it's it's upbeat it's I mean it's all just you know royalty-free shit I got off of YouTube For life, get up the fire chief. There's a puppy outside. Speaking of a puppy, apparently, this uh, well, shit didn't show up for me. something about my ad blocker is is blocking it i was gonna show you a video of a great uh pyrenees hiding from her puppies but you don't get that you don't get that tonight i'm sorry amazingly enough i had a backup here's a here's a monkey with a cat I didn't really have a backup it was just it was gonna be like tomorrow night's video I just I had seen it and I'd already be like well that I'm gonna play that but I had the I had the Pyrenees video does the monkey think it's a cat <laughs> I love monkeys. They're so fucking cute. Niggers got her shots today. Is it loud? Does it make a lot of noise? Well, you got get monkeys? I fucking love monkeys. Look at look at how this monkey is loving on this kitty. Kitties. It's got it's got two kitties. It's got the other one kind of pinned down. I'm telling you. I may get a monkey. One day, I may get a fucking monkey. I can barely take care of myself. Oh, listen how cute. I assume that's the mom. Oh, the monkey's carrying the kitten around. Yep, they've got a fucking big old property, big ass house. (laughs) <laughs> they look like little fur balls don't be too rough with it now baby maybe i need a monkey nurse maybe they need a monkey nurse they got a monkey nurse i like muggies yeah they're all babies That monkey is itty-bitty. Man, it really wants to play with those kittens, though. I need to shave. The side of my face itches so fucking bad. You've, you guys are probably thinking I've got, like, lice or some shit. No, it's just I have not shaved. quite some time and it is like like this is the this is the itchiest part like i need to shave it right now i may go shave it tonight i need a monkey to pick my lice that's what that's what needs to happen I love how Mama Cash is like so nonchalant about it. I thought I had a cat at my feet. They've been doing they've been doing feet shit here recently. You want a Smokey? He's over here on the he, he's over here on the cat tree. Hey, buddy. Burgles told me one time, like, you know, if you had a dog, you wouldn't have to beg it to cuddle with you the way you do the cats. But honestly, like, I don't really beg the cats to cuddle with me. I call for them, and then they wait like fucking 10 minutes maybe. They gotta, they gotta, they gotta make you think it was their idea to come to you. They don't just come when you ask them to. That's that's giving up too much power. Smokey is usually in my lap if I'm on the couch. Uh, if socks, if socks isn't in the bed with me when I go to bed, he'll almost certainly be like next to me when I wake up. He might not, though. Sometimes I wake up and Smokey's there. Almost every day, I wake up with a cat next to me. It's like 60% socks, maybe 65% socks. 15, 20% Smokey. Whatever's left, it it might be Socks. This morning, it was Socks and Smokey. I woke up next to both Socks and Smokey. they they lay together sometimes cuz they've been together they've been together like i don't know maybe all of smokey's life i don't know i don't know what their story is they were they were like neighborhood cats that were strays but people took care of them and they were you know really sweet cats and that's that's one of the things like like it breaks my heart like they they never had like Someone love on them like I do until they, they got it. I've spoiled the fuck out of them. Likes to be your pillow. Oh my God. I can't lay on socks. I have to, I have to like, he's got certain ways he likes to lay, right? Like you, you gotta go with the way the cat does. Cause like, yeah. Yesterday, I like came back to bed after I got up to go to the bathroom and he was in my spot like he was laying on my pillow, which he does during the daytime. I'm like, all right, well, if you want to lay a different way, we can. So like I got in the bed all carefully to not disturb him so that he was under my left arm instead of my right arm. I kind of like, you know, fucking curled up with him and shit and he, he got up like, nope, I don't like this. Well, fuck you, Socks. No, I don't mean that, buddy. He might be hungry. He's over there next to his food. But then again, I feel like I just fed. The, i like, I feel like I fed them when I ate, just a few hours ago. So, like, you can't be hungry. Then again, both Socks and Smokey are over there. So maybe I need to go feed the cats. What, oh, Mister Meows? Smokey, the one I just showed on screen. These aren't my guys. Uh, uh, Lady B, I always show an animal video at the end of the, at the end of my stream, and this is a monkey, uh, with some kittens. I showed my cat just a little bit ago. Smokey. He's eating. He he don't want my shit. Socks is like wants me to put more food in his bowl. There's probably food in his bowl, and there's a Maynard. Maynard has his own, I think he's over here, he is, Maynard is over here in front of like my, my entertainment center, so I have the, you know, like the 5.1 surround sound system and it's old, because like, I had to get something that was old, because I don't, they don't have the hookups I needed to hook the, do everything I needed to do, so I had to get something that was like 20 years old, maybe 15, maybe mid 2000s but it's big. It's a big, you know, this is, this is the, the audio setup, right? So I've got this fan behind it. So the fan blows like the hot air off of the unit. And Maynard likes to sit in front of the unit. And cause like, it's blowing like, it's like the hot, cold air, right? It's the, it's the weird dichotomy that cats fucking love that shit. That air feels weird in front of that unit. So he said he lays in front of it. Gets the hot and cool air off of it. Is that what a monkey does when they're looking for lies and there's none there? Just like, like nibbles at your butt? Is that what I would have to look forward to if uh, I got a monkey? I would hope that the monkey would get along with my kitties the way that that monkey gets along with kitties. And I gotta fix my chair my chair keeps like I don't know if you guys I keep getting shorter and shorter my chair keeps slinking down If you're watching on twitch you're gonna head over to frims Creams. I fuck it up every time I would love a monkey Go ahead light one up tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin freaking tomorrow night on the troll patrol live maybe maybe with a monkey co-host you never know you never know